AFCON 2010. The trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free makes its way to Denver June 21st through 23rd. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. AFCON 2010 is different from those other affiliate trade shows designed for the affiliate manager, where you can pay up to $1,500 just on a single registration. That's why AFCON 2010 offers you an alternative, a show that's free for affiliates, not to mention over 80% of our attendees are affiliates. AFCON 2010 brings you a wide range of sessions, essential for significant affiliate marketing achievement. Plus, we are proud to be working with Search Engine Strategies to present an additional day of all new search engine marketing sessions and tracks. Add unbeatable nighttime networking capped off by WebmasterRadio.fm's annual affiliate bash, and you have the complete affiliate trade show experience for free. Join the thousands in the affiliate marketing community that are making the switch to AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates. June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com. Feel you're getting the most out of your current affiliate marketing program? Find out as today's top advertisers and publishers unite on the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today. Join your hosts as they share valuable insights on promoting strategic relationships, discuss the state of the industry, and offer you a rare glimpse into the minds of today's top players. See how to get the most out of your affiliate marketing program now as we present the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today, the industry's only broadcast, offering unique perspectives of both advertisers and publishers. Now, here are your hosts. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Affiliate Marketing Today. I'm your co-host, Robin Walsh, an Advertiser Account Director at Commission Junction. And I'm here with Brian Caldwell, a Publisher Business Development Manager at Commission Junction also. It's my pleasure to uh, participate in this week's call. We're here to discuss uh, doing the vertical market hip-hop and looking at some of the uh, different business models we look to match uh, vertical marketing with in order to be successful for both our publishers and our advertisers. We're here every Tuesday afternoon, 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time. If you can't make our live show, you can feel free to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes. You can also find our recorded archive at webmasterradio.fm. And if you have any questions, you can feel free to reach Brian and I at podcasts at cj.com. Thanks for the introduction there, Robin. It's, it's really great to have you joining us. I know we all miss Kim, but um, as we talked about last week, the audience is going to get a great deal of information out of your brain because you talk to uh, a lot of advertisers all, all day long. <laughs> and sometimes even when you're double booked, you're talking to two at once. So... I know we were chatting a bit before the show. We wanted to give the audience just an introduction. Again, the, the title for the show is Doing the Vertical Market Hip-Hop. <laughs> All right, so we're having a little bit of fun this week for the, with the show title. But really the goal, as you said, is to outline different business models that we work with in the affiliate marketing space and how um, vertical markets can match up to those business models in um, a number of different ways. And last week we had Jeff Hirsch joining us from ValueClick Media where he was talking about how Publishers can maximize their revenues looking at additional monetization methods, which included CPM and CPC pricing models mixed in with CPA uh, with the aim of, of achieving a, an optimal revenue yield out of that mix of, of channels. And, you know, you should definitely check out that show because there were some, some great ideas that Jeff brought up. But today we're going to be talking about vertical markets and the considerations that 
you want to make as you're exploring doing business in various retail markets and lead gen markets. So we're kind of going to contrast retail and lead gen in, in different ways. One of our peers actually described the scenarios, why lead gen publishers learn to love retail. And I think that's a, a pretty good description, don't you, Robin? I completely agree. And of course, the, the, the comment can be applied in reverse. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, let's just jump into the show here. So Robin, do you really need to be an expert to shift your, your marketing efforts into a new vertical market? It's funny that you asked that. It, it's definitely a misconception that, that we've seen with various both advertisers and publishers thinking that you, you do need to be an expert in a specific marketing vertical or um, actual niche area. That's actually not the case. It definitely helps if you're well-versed and, and can be almost an, an educated salesperson on behalf of the advertiser, um, but that's that's not fully needed. It's a kind of situation where if you understand the, the general marketing principles and you understand a little bit about the advertiser and their industry, you can certainly apply those marketing learnings that you have through other programs to uh, new verticals. Okay, so this show, really, just to give everybody introduction, what are we going to be talking about? If, if you're an expert at promoting flowers, we're going to teach you how to be an expert at promoting mortgages. Well, we're going to try anyways. If you're an expert, if you're an expert at selling digital cameras, we're going to try and convince you that travel might also be of interest to you. At least we're going to propose some ideas to you that we hope will help you rethink your current business model and help you get outside that that box that everybody talks about all the time. Yeah, and get out of your comfort zone. Try something new. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great way of looking at it. You know, because everybody gets into a comfort zone, right? Whether it's your favorite lazy boy. Or you know your favorite um, you know the software program whatever everybody's going to have their unique space. Um, I like Google. You might like Yahoo. Whatever. Um, not that I have any preference there, Mr. Google or Mr. Yahoo. <laughs> Mr. Yahoo. <laughs> I, I am completely agnostic. But anyway, the point is that if you you have a certain perspective on your current business, you're probably missing some revenue opportunities. So I know we jotted down some ideas in terms of who we intended to be speaking to today, those things, uh, those, those audience members might be existing affiliates, they might be brand new affiliates, they might not even be affiliates today. Perhaps there are some folks out there that are marketing products that don't, you know, qualify as quote-unquote affiliates. Yes, there are some, <laughs> um, but we don't, also don't want to leave out the advertisers that are out there in the audience. So this really I wouldn't let you leave them out. Yeah, exactly. This is a show for everybody. So, <laughs> um, Next, we're going to pop into looking at some of the, the different vertical markets, and there's definitely different ways that we should be um, looking at these markets. First is really looking at the retail, um, looking at both uh, Internet-only players and the, the good old brick-to-click folks um, that have you know migrated some of their marketing campaigns online. There, those two different types of retailers tend to have, look at business a little bit differently online, so it's something just to consider. Um, within this category, we're looking at um, advertisers like electronics, book, music, and movies-type advertisers, malls, etc. Another item to look at um, and consider is the travel industry. Um, it's a slightly different. It's, it's kind of a, a cross between uh, retail and lead generation uh, marketers, whereas, you know, we're working with some sort of a concluded action most of the time um, instead of just a direct sale. Um, another area to consider is uh, the, the niche 
uh, type of campaigns or advertisers. So somebody who's very targeted, like a uh, musical instrument website, or um, maybe selling like Christmas cards, personalized for your child. Exactly. Right? Very niche, either to the market <laughs> or niche niche to the uh, to the season, even. Mm-hmm. And the other area that we're going to be looking at is lead generation, um, looking at different types of financial education, uh, home services types type of offers um, that's aside from the the retail area. Um, And we also have some lead aggregators to consider, folks um, that are uh, not necessarily selling a product, but they're really looking to almost resell um, some of the content or contact information that they're collecting. Exactly. And and the the specific vertical markets that you mentioned are, for example, only, obviously we're not touching on everything every possible permutation, but really wanted to give some examples of the things that we're going to be discussing in this hour. So um, with that, we're going to take our first break, give our um, sponsors a chance to say hello to you, and we're going to be right back. Uh, Again, just to leave you with this thought, please do send us email. We like to hear it. Uh, We like to read it, rather, and we'll try and respond to it on air if we can. Podcast at cj.com. With that, we'll be right back. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted Fast Click, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BanazRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with Value Click Media. I got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry, we'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Details. Value Click Media. You wouldn't just tell your web hosting company to just give you the next available random domain name, so don't do that with your phone number. A toll-free number that matches your company name or service can be invaluable and give you an instant nationwide brand name. Try the free vanity number search engine at tollfreenumbers.com. But don't wait, because 1-800-YOUR-NAME may never be available again. Tollfreenumbers.com. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. More than a name. ClickTracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes, ClickTracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what ClickTracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. I'm your co-host, Robin Walsh, here with Brian Caldwell. And we were just talking about looking at uh, new vertical markets um, that 
both publishers and affiliates can explore to uh, increase their success. Specifically looking at some of the vertical markets, um, we'll hop right into some of the retail areas, some of the, the various considerations from a publisher perspective. And Brian, please feel free to join in as you're on the publisher side of the business. Absolutely. <laughs> I won't be shy. Yeah, of course not. Um, so some of the, the considerations that publishers should look at are items, price points, uh, the type of retail advertiser uh, they're considering adding to their site, Items like coupon management and, and just general content management is something for publishers to consider. Um, there needs to be some flexibility with respect to changing the content on their website in order to uh, most aggressively but also most accurately portray the advertiser's offers. And that includes, you know, if you have certain products that might um, have an end of life or limited uh, quantity within the stock of the advertiser, you need to be able to update that pretty quickly. Um, and I think the most important piece for you to consider is the customer mindset. So looking at your users and, and where are they at uh, with their online shopping experience or online research. And I think the important point here to make is, is really that retail, well, what we're trying to do here is describe, obviously, um, the considerations that you, you need to take into to mind it, when you're working with retailers as a publisher. Um, but also, obviously, from an advertiser standpoint, you need to be able to provide um, certain things that will attract publishers and also, mo most importantly, the consumers to, to the offers. Um, but the fact that retail is really working with consumers that are in a buying mentality as opposed to um, lead generation considerations, which is where the consumers are really in a learning mentality. And that has a big shift, from, you know, one from the other, which will heavily impact how a publisher is going to promote an offer and also, obviously, how an advertiser is going to set up their program from the beginning. So things you were talking about just a second ago, Robin, are really, you know, price points and coupon management, end-of-life considerations and so on. You know, there's that, those are all considerations that advertisers need to, and publishers need to consider because, obviously, coupons need to be provided by the advertiser. But the publisher then needs to think about how they're going to manage that coupon because a coupon has a certain period of time that it's good for. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that if this, the purpose of this show is to compare and contrast retail and lead gen so that we can talk about how those folks that are selling flowers might get into the business of gathering mortgage leads, this is what we're trying to do. Right, so, and also looking at that leading into some of the, the lead gen and some of the, the similarities, you know, talking specifically about coupon and you know, really content management on your site, um, some of the, the lead generation areas um, have different rules of, of engagement that, that need to be considered, um, specifically looking at items like, you know, market rates, for example, with, you know, some sort of a credit card marketer, you need to be able to update the uh, the APRs and um, balance transfer rates, things of that sort on your website, uh, looking at your know, RESPA laws if you're doing any type of uh, real estate marketing, whether it be mortgage um, or other areas. And there's obviously, you know, credit score considerations. You need to understand what credit scores are all about. And obviously, we're, some of the things we're talking about here are related specifically to finance, but um, in, in general, the point is that there are there are rules for lead gen markets that you need to pay attention to. Um, sometimes they're regulatory in nature, like in the education space. You have to be very careful about how you word an offer in order to entice a consumer into submitting their contact information because 
you know, there are privacy laws, there are, there are data storage laws. Um, you know, those, those laws apply not only in the U.S., but, you know, sometimes they're even stronger in other countries. Like in the European Union, I know they have very, very strong um, data ownership protection laws. Some of the other things you might consider would be, I don't know, in the mortgage space, if you're capturing contact information, you might actually be required to have a broker's license in that state in order to take advantage of, um, of lead gen markets. And, you know, that, that would preclude certain publishers from even entering uh, a particular lead gen space. So anyway, there's a lot of research that you need to undertake in order to get into the lead gen market. But one of the points to, um, to bring out here is that it's a very lucrative market. So what other things uh, would, would need to be considered here, Robin? I know I've missed a couple. Um, one thing that, that plays into what you were just recently saying about, you know, some of the research that publishers need to do, this, of course, fills into some of the, the advertiser requirements and, and items that, that we're trying to get advertisers to be aware of is, is really being able to share this type of information with their publishers and, and make sure that they're clear on what the, uh, what the regulatory, regulatory laws are or um, just general best practices with respect to that specific advertiser and making the, their terms and conditions as easy to understand as possible. And that will help ensure the quality that the, the publishers are bringing. And I think quality is an area that many folks are, are focusing on today. And looking at items, uh, for example, if, if you're a credit card marketer, they're looking at um, you know, quality of the referrals. So looking at the credit score breakout that you're referring to their site, what their you know, application and approval rates are. So I think that's an a important item to consider uh, when going down the road of um, trying to figure out if this is a fit for you. That, that's, that's an interesting um, point, and, and something you, you brought up there was really about communication. <clears throat> I think it's interesting that you brought it up because that's something that, that Kim and I harped on, well, we've harped on it over and over in shows, which is communication. You know, advertisers and publishers should have a straight line of communication so that uh, advertisers are clearly delineating uh, what their rules are, but they're also responding to publisher inquiries in a timely manner and really thinking outside the box themselves, having an open mind when a publisher approaches them with an idea because it's very possible that that publisher is innovating and providing something new that an advertiser should be able to take advantage of for mutual profit. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And when you get into to quality, you know, I, I don't know how quality um, relates specifically in the retail area. You could probably go on about that because it, it does apply, I'm sure. Uh, but I know in the, the lead gen space, uh, it, it has a direct impact on, on revenue for, for everyone because what's going to happen, for example, in the mortgage space is uh, there's a cost per fund analysis that goes on. So leads that come in, they need to close, and they need to be turned into fund, funded loans in order for that lead to have value to the advertiser. And this is something that publishers may not always be thinking about because they're, in the end of their mind, you know, they're, they're just trying to provide the, a, a large quantity of leads. But quality really should be a, a huge factor there because uh, advertisers need to see the value. And if they do see the value, then there's a good chance that publishers can start earning more on a per-lead basis because they're providing a higher quality lead. Exactly. We're seeing advertisers, um, in addition to the lead area, but also looking at the retail, um, 
trying to figure out what is their profitability. Are they looking for um, just a true return on that investment with respect to that initial order? Is it a lifetime value? Are they looking at new customers versus existing customers or, or repeat purchases? I think that the, the underlying factor to consider across all of these different verticals is trying to figure out what's the expectation. And I think that an advertiser needs to have a clear goal for their marketing channel, um, affiliate and other, so they can figure out, you know, what what do I consider to be successful? And then share that information with your publishers. The publishers are truly there to, to, to be a sales force and to help you drive those goals if they know what they are. Um, a lot of times we're seeing publishers, and Brian, I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm preaching the choir here, where publishers are seeing advertisers changing the rules of engagement throughout the process because they didn't set clear expectations from the start. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting statement. I, I actually recently had that happen to one of my publishers. They were engaged with an advertiser at a certain market rate, which uh, allowed the publisher to achieve a return on investment. But then the advertiser made a decision to change the rate that they were paying out because you know the types you know it just wasn't working for them at the right payout. But they failed to inform the publisher, and so the publisher was continuing to run uh, the program or the campaign, expecting to get paid X, and they were getting paid Y, and suddenly you know it was a break-even proposition for them. So. That, that, you know, the lines of communication need to go both ways. You know, one could think that the publisher should have reached out and been aware that the market rate had changed. But, you know, it, like I said, it goes both ways. The advertiser really should have made an effort to make sure that the, the publisher was aware that the, the rules of the game had changed. Right, definitely. And that's not to say that advertisers can't change payouts. I think that an important factor to look at is, you know, most programs have a base rate and then there might be some sort of a, you know, a private offer once, you know, we have the the chicken and egg game of once, you know, a a publisher has proven that they can be a a quality partner and drive some, you know, volume threshold um, that an advertiser will normally look to to offer them some sort of an alternate offer. Um, These are normally dependent on those metrics remaining constant um, or, you know, outside market uh, changes not affecting their marketing programs. So, I mean, things do change, but as you said, I think it's important to communicate those and be very clear with the publishers to set those expectations to say, hey, you know what, we can't afford this. We understand that you're running marketing campaigns on our behalf. So let's say, you know, maybe it's seven days, maybe it's 15, maybe it's 30 days down the, the road. We don't want you, the publisher, to lose money, but we're losing money on this, so we can't maintain this. Hmm. All right, so <laughs> I'm not going to jump jump on this tangent, but I'll, I'll I'll just say that I think from a perspective, from a publisher perspective, I would actually always look for um, an advertiser to step up and say, "We'll give you a 30-day test at an extra special rate, so you can prove to us that the volume and quality that you're going to provide to us, Mr. and Mrs. Publisher, is what we expect." Rather than put the onus on the publisher to prove it and then earn a special rate, but. I think I we think could have an entire show <laughs> about this concept, and yeah. I think that we're, we're probably going to have you know different opinions on this. And uh, you know, coming from the advertiser p- point of view, there's there's those challenges, and you know, advertisers are approached numerous times each day and week to to test these types of things. So it's yep. a question that that we really look to you know the publisher side of the of the business to figure out, you know, is does this make sense and is this a valuable long-term relationship that we're willing to take a risk for? Fair enough. Okay. That's not the point of the show, so we'll <laughs> move on from there. Um, I, hopefully the audience here is, is understanding what we're trying to do here and compare and contrast the retail and leaching considerations. Um, there's obviously, you know, a lot to say um, related to communication, 
making, as you said, Robin, clear uh, the expectations that an advertiser has for their program. Uh, one, they need to understand what their own expectations are, so they need to have a plan, but they need to also communicate that to the publisher. And publishers out there shouldn't be afraid to ask questions. Of course, they need to have an open line of communication to ask questions of the advertiser or their account manager. Um, but you know, everybody needs to understand what the rules of the game are, understand when the rules will change, and understand what the difference is between promoting a retail offer where the consumer is in the buying mentality versus generating leads where the consumer is a learning mentality and they know that they don't have to whip out a credit card or actually purchase something right then and there. I can't agree more. (laughs) So beyond that, really what's required to take the leap from one vertical focus into another? And I would start that list off with technical savviness. You need to be able to create a user path in the lead gen area. You need to be able to put um, market rules in place if you're considering data protection or you need to make sure that your offers and your offer campaign is only being promoted to certain states if that's what your your advertiser is working with. What are, what are some other considerations here, Robin? Uh, I think two of the, the more popular ones that, that I tend to hear are time and money. So from if you're a publisher and you're trying to figure out how can you look at different channels and, and what makes sense, do you have the a the time to even consider those, or are you currently you know working a full time job and you're the week the night or weekend type of affiliate, um, and that might not be a good scenario for you. Um, it, let's say you do have all the time in the world. Do you have the, the the finances to be able to kick a new campaign or new vertical off the ground for you? Um, What's your cash flow looking like? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so then. I think also you need to be aware of the market, right? Is the market valuable? Is the market saturated? Um, so, you know, the answers to those two, those two questions will really determine whether or not you're going to pursue something, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not going to pursue something if you're only earning a penny on every dollar that you generate. But, right. um, and you also want to make sure that if the a market's saturated, that you, you have the, um, the wherewithal to compete in a, in a saturated market, um, Sometimes that comes down back to, to cash flow, which is what you were talking about, just throwing a lot of money at it. Yeah. Another area to look at, um, you know, are there synergies with the existing way that you're doing business? So does it make sense if you're, for example, you know, a, a shopping mall-type site where you've been focusing heavily on retailers, that maybe you can look at offering some sort of a services or financial uh, section to your site to be able to offer your users a reason to come back for all of their Internet needs uh, with respect to, you know, learning more about different products that are available, um, you know, getting a, a mortgage, and then also, you know, shopping for their uh, new refrigerator. Yeah, exactly, and, and related to Synergy, you know, Maybe you can line up partnerships, or do you have partnerships in place already? Maybe you outsource some of your your activities. Um, maybe you maybe you're a really savvy marketer, but you know you suck at coding. So you you go out to uh, rent a coder or, or someplace like that and, and find yourself a hired gun uh, in order to put a new new piece uh, of your business in place. Also, you know, I think the last, but maybe one of the most important things to consider is: uh, do you have an interest in the product? You know, is it fun to you? Is that an important thing for you to consider? Because I know a lot of publishers definitely look at um, that aspect when they're considering chasing something down. Because if it's not fun, then it's going to be boring to them, and they're you know you're going to easily lose interest, which could ultimately lose you a lot of money. 
Right. I think one way to avoid losing interest, so let's say there is a product that you, you want to test out, but maybe it's not something that, that gets your fires burning. It's, it might still be worth testing it to see if you can make it work. And I think those fires can start burning if you start seeing the, the compensation coming in um, on the back end to figure out um, you know, what makes sense from a business perspective. You're, you're spending some money, but you're also gaining more than you're spending, so that can definitely increase your interest in the product. Exactly. So that we've, we've covered a lot in this segment, and it's about time to uh, feed our sponsors. We'll be right back, and remember that you can reach us at podcasts at cj.com. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source, all while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. With over 30,000 clients and eight years of experience, West Host is not your basement hosting company. Starting at $3.95 a month, West Host offers the lowest price virtual private server technology in the industry, yet they don't sacrifice their world-class data center or superior 24-7 client support. Sign up at westhost.com today and get the hosting technology and real support your business needs at prices you can't find from other hosts. Westhost.com. That's westhost.com. W-E-S-T-H-O-S-T.com. When you expect more from your web host. Google AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. All right, everybody, welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. This is Brian Caldwell, your co-host with Robin Walsh. And the funny title for today's show is Doing the Vertical Market Hip-Hop, and we're really doing a comparison between the retail markets and the lead gen markets and how business models, uh, publisher business models, can, um, can kind of play in both spaces, uh, at least comparing and contrasting. So the idea here, the goal of the show, is really to help you as the audience think outside your current comfort zone uh, and, and maybe find ways that you can increase your revenues. So let's see. Robin, we were just talking about things to consider uh, for yourself as a publisher before leaping into a, a new market. We kind of did an overview of retail, did an overview of lead gen, some of the things that um, are unique to each of those markets. Uh, I think what we wanted to do now uh, was understand how to start the cross-pollination process. Right. And there's there's a few different areas to consider. And I think that the first one, which is the most important, is knowing who your visitors are. Um, what kind of interest do they have? Why are they visiting your site? Are they here for 
um, reviews? Are they trying to find out some information on products or maybe services that are available? Um, are they looking to you for an opinion? Um, and if they are, um, it, that's, I think, one of the best ways to be able to, to build trust within a new uh, vertical is to, so they might trust you, for example, on you know, digital camera reviews and you've done well with consumer electronics retailers. It might make sense for you to be able to also promote something along the lines of you know, personal loans. So maybe that will help them, them to uh, fund their additional shopping uh, through your site in the future. Yeah, a point I want to make before we go too much further, too, because we haven't really drawn this out, is that you know you as a publisher may have a, a website or a network of websites uh, that you're already promoting, and and the intent here is to again have you thinking outside your box. So this what we're talking about next here might be including complementary offers in your existing sites, but it also might be. Um, creating brand new properties for you to promote. So I just want to make sure that that was clear. So, for example, if you have a mortgage uh, lead gen site that you're already promoting and, and uh, you know, you're, you're doing great, you've attracted traffic, uh, and that traffic is converting, you understand that you know, the markets that you're working with, you know, brand X advertiser wants to take credits, uh, credit score, uh, loan applications with credit scores of 680 or, and above, and brand Y needs needs those kind of subprime loans, but the point is you have existing traffic, and and obviously if you understand your market, if you understand what your vis- visitors, who they are, and, and what they're looking for, then you certainly understand their frame of mind. Um, obviously, you're being successful because you're, you're generating leads. Well, you might also look laterally and think, well, gee, they're looking to refinance their home, or maybe they're looking for a home equity line of credit. Maybe we can interest them in a credit report. Gee, let me go inside of uh, you know an affiliate network and look for an offer where I can actually promote credit, credit reports in addition to uh, mortgage leads and get paid twice for the same consumer traffic. Or maybe I can even add uh, an offer for a debt consolidation service and a credit report and a lead gen, and I'll get paid three times for that same traffic. Wow, you know, it's a pretty I, good deal. I, it's a pretty good deal. Now I'm starting to sound like a, a used car salesman. Wait, you can also get a Ginsu knife. <laughs> um, we don't sell any of those here. <laughs> right, but okay. So, but that's all in the lead gen space. So, thinking laterally, since we're also looking at retail, if your if your lead gen site for mortgage is doing geo targeting and you're getting into state specific landing pages, maybe even city specific landing pages, well, gee, you're probably attracting local traffic. So. Hey, why don't we go out to the affiliate uh, offer site and look for brick and mortar retailers that have stores in those cities or in those states? Because there's probably a, an opportunity there. That's my my spiel on mortgage sites. <laughs> have anything to add to that one, Robin? Not directly with mortgage sites, um, but I think that the point that we're, we're trying to you know, reinforce again here is what what should you be considering? These are just some examples of, of different types of programs that we've seen um, other publishers transition to and from. And actually, I take that back. I do have something to add to mortgage. If you're doing the geo-targeting with mortgages, maybe uh, you know an Internet service provider program might be a good fit. And oh, hey, that's a good one. If an internet service provider is a good fit, maybe you know a um, a PC retailer would also be a good fit. Oh, hey, what about moving services? Excellent. Yeah, you like that, huh? It's good stuff. Moving supplies. Yep. Uh, what about um, back to school supplies? Because suddenly, if you're, you're 
you're moving into a new area, potentially. You know, if you have kids, you're going to be setting up a new school system. Suddenly, you need to know where all the, the school supply locations are. Okay, so what's the point here? Know your visitors, right? What are they doing? Are they trying to find resources? Are they looking for reviews? Are they, are they simply, do they trust your opinion for some reason? <laughs> I don't know why they trust your opinion, but <laughs> I'm kidding. Everybody out there in the audience, I'm sure you're very trustworthy. But the point is that if you know your your visitors and you understand what they want, there are a lot of ways that you can cross-pollinate what you're currently doing and, and probably increase your sales, increase the number of leads that you're generating off your existing sites. And what happens when you're not 100% sure you test? I think it's definitely worth uh, each publisher to look at their site, and if they believe that they're here for all these different reasons and each product can snowball into the next, it makes sense to, to test. And I think it makes sense to look at a few different ways of, of testing the relationships and testing your users' um, openness to these different types of products, um, looking at you know different A-B tests. Can you rotate um, the landing page where you're directing your traffic, one that has a regular site and one that might have some new offers and products on there? Does that secondary page truly provide you with additional uh, return on the investment of you driving that traffic to your site? So testing is, is very important, and I think I want to circle back to um, something we mentioned earlier, which is really know yourself, because when we talk about testing and we talk about A-B splits and so on, um, you know, sometimes the onus is going to be completely on the publisher to do that type of testing, but I would probably push back. And, and if the publisher knows him or herself well enough that either they, they either have the skills or they don't have the skills to do that themselves or they have the resources to outsource it, if they don't, who are they going to be looking to to help provide them with A-B split testing opportunities? So this is where advertisers should also be thinking about ways that they can support their publishers in a manner that allows the publishers to accurately hone in on their target audience and build out a profile and understand the user path that's best for converting offers. So uh, I know there are a lot of advertisers that do go the extra mile for the publishers, but there's plenty of advertisers out there that uh, maybe don't have the resources themselves to, mm -hmm. to support this. So they also need to look in the mirror and say, hey, can I do this? You know, is this an effective affiliate um, program approach? But going back into A-B split testing, you know, some of the, the types that you can do would be like blind testing just to see if certain brand names are going to pull better than others. Right? You might have two brands that do the same, you know, essentially the same thing uh, in, in a similar market space, maybe office supplies. You want to see which one uh, either has a, you know, a better brand pull or maybe it comes down to not their brand but the user path that they've set up for their shopping cart. Yeah, right. I think many publishers make the mistake of, of just working with the big-name brands. And, well, I think that's a, a great way to, to start and see if there is an initial interest. We also have, and you know, within affiliate marketing, there's so many advertisers out there uh, with names that, that we haven't heard of yet, with the Internet being so popular and, and the, the barrier to entry being lower than you know, some of the old brick-and-mortar setups. We do see some good quality advertisers out there, and it's definitely worth considering and, and testing to see if those, if their offer will pull better than a brand. Yeah, and and I think, as I said, the, you know, the user path makes a difference as well. So when you're testing, you know, you want to place links in different locations. Try different types of links. Does a banner work better than a text link, or, or the, in the reverse? Or maybe you need some kind of a special flash, um, you know, content banner. Are is the user path full of, of choices? 
You know, is it actually too much option overload in a way? And you know, would it be better for say a long form to be split up into mul- multiple chunks across um, a-, a variety of different screens so that maybe the first thing that the consumers asked for is an email address and that's it. You, know, you pull them in and suddenly the path becomes easy for them because it's one or two fields at a time. So, you know, in a lot of cases, the publishers are not necessarily going to have a lot of control over the, the user path once it gets into a shopping cart area or a lead gen form area. So, again, it comes back to advertisers also need to be aware of, of the way that their user paths are set up. Definitely, and my hope is that, you know, some of the advertisers that are out there that are becoming more and more savvy is that they do have the resources internally to be able to, to do different tests and be able to offer their affiliates the best types of creative uh, user paths um, and uh, demographic information to really help the publishers to, to succeed in these different areas and help the publishers take the risk of, you know, testing these new markets. And, and um, I know a lot of testing comes back to crunching numbers, you know, because once you test, you have to be able to interpret the results. And one of those things you need to uh, be aware of, and again, this is kind of a, a resource um, question, do you have it or not, is you need to have access to analytics programs or maybe a human analyst or someone that's familiar with um, working with an Excel web, a work sh- a spreadsheet, et cetera. And sometimes advertisers will be able to step up and provide those analytics. If not, you know, at the end of the day, you're working in a large affiliate network. Hopefully that, that network is going to provide you with some very robust reporting capabilities both as an advertiser and as a publisher, so you understand um, what type of impressions, clicks, conversions, where they're coming from, et cetera. Definitely. I think that's a great point, and I think that not everybody's a complete data dork like I tend to be every now and again. So, Are you a data dork? Uh, yes. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I try and keep it hush-hush, although now I, I guess the word's going to be out. Um, so it's the kind of situation, if you enjoy data, I think this is probably going to be right up your alley. And even if you don't, um, as Brian mentioned, really you know, lean on some of the resources and the reporting that uh, the various providers do um, offer you as an affiliate. Yeah, and, and so I think we kind of left the brand testing uh, idea out there as an orphan because I wanted to circle back to that um, and mention that, you know, big brands, as you had said, Robin, are not always um, the most lucrative. Not that we don't want everybody promoting big brands. We do. There's definitely value there, but you have to be well aware of what your business model is and what your consumers want, right? So the point is, if your consumers want the big brand, then that probably will be the most lucrative for you. But if they don't care a hoot about a big brand and they're more interested in what a niche advertiser can provide, right? Maybe they really, really are interested in those, um, your audience is really interested in those uh, personalized children's Santa letters. That's a niche market. Heck, you could, you know, hit a, a home run around Christmas time, um, but you know, beyond that, you know, you're going to be looking for additional advertisers throughout the year. Anyway, that was my point. <laughs> so, hey, now that I know you're a data dork, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to out you here. Anybody out there in the audience that really wants to pick Robin's brain <laughs> on data analysis, send us an email and she's going to personally respond. So the address, again, is podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S, at cj.com. Did I say that slow enough so everybody can hear? <laughs> Sorry, Robin. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, all right, what else are we forgetting here? Okay, so maybe some specific factors. When you're looking at a, uh, an advertiser, you're starting to, to focus in on someone that you want to promote. Some of the other things to consider are you know, the length of the form, the format of the form. Is it multiple pages? I think I already said this, but 
uh, basically are you leading the user through a well-structured path, or is the advertiser or, or is the publisher simply dumping them into a 30-field form that the consumer is going to balk at and, and not go further? Because that doesn't do you any good. If you have impressions and you have clicks but no conversions, I'm telling you, in a paper performance marketplace, <laughs> you're well aware of this, it doesn't do you any good, right? Right, and hopefully some of the, um, the service providers that are out there will have some metrics available for you before you start joining these programs and testing them to help guide you in the right direction of really choosing which types of advertisers you want to work with. So if it's, you know, some sort of a, you know, EPC type ranking um, or overall, you know, volume ranking, I think those are important uh, elements for your for affiliates to consider, and that helps us to really um, focus on which offers uh, might work best for you. Okay. Well, with that, I know we've got to get one more last uh, commercial break in here. So uh, we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. I'm your co-host, Robin Walsh, and I'm here with Brian Caldwell. And we're talking today about doing the vertical market hip-hop. <laughs> All right, so I think the last thing we want to get in here, and I know we're running short on time because we've been chatting so long, but uh, what do advertisers need to do? And we've talked to the specific points uh, throughout the show, but... I know we've got kind of a little cheat sheet here, Robin, so let's, let's start off through that. I have no idea what you're talking about, but seeing as how I do have one in front of me, um, looking at from the <laughs> advertiser perspective, um, I think one of the most important pieces, especially for some of the uh, historical brick-and-mortar type folks, is being open to new ideas. Um, affiliates are great at, at bringing new business models to us um, and to you, and I think that it's definitely worth the, the time and effort to, you know, take a, take a chance on a trusted affiliate and have them try a new marketing campaign for you. If you're not open to it, you're not going to ever be able to experience the benefits of that channel. Yeah, I, that's, that's a great point, and this is 
circling back to a few things we've talked about earlier, which is kind of educate your publishers. And uh, you make a, you made a great point to me, Robin, before the show that that I think we here at Commission Junction we try and pound into the heads of the advertisers that affiliate publishers are your sales force. You, know, you treat these folks just like you do your internal sales force, and you're going to get great returns. And obviously, just like with your internal sales force, certain salesmen and women are better than others. But if you were to put your internal sales force out on the street without any education about your product or service, how much do you think you'd sell? Very little, right? So <laughs> um, the point you were making, Robin, is that there, there's a lot that advertisers can provide in terms of education, right? Definitely. And, and remember, no one knows that better, better than you, the advertiser. Um, you might have multiple product lines, or it might be a, a relatively new product that the general population doesn't really understand. So if you educate your sales force or your affiliates, they can help educate the marketplace, and they're going to be more strategic with their marketing placements of you and your products. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, a specific example, because, again, I know we're running short on time here, is um, if you're working with search publishers and you're the type of advertiser that is working in a, in a, a product or service area that has a very large keyword space, make sure your search publishers are aware of that. I mean, obviously, they're going to be doing their due diligence before they approach you to work with you because they want, you know, search pubs like big keyword spaces. Um, but do what you can to automate their uh, solution for them. Maybe you provide them with a, a seed keyword list that they can then take off, um, add to their geo-targeting, concatenate a lot of words together with their Excel spreadsheets and, and throw up millions of keywords on you know, the, the Googles and, and uh, Yahoo Publisher Networks of the world. Um, maybe you can provide them with uh, zip, zip code tools. Maybe you can provide them with other things that help them identify uh, keyword spaces that provide opportunity for uh, increased sales or, or lead generation efforts. The point is, you know, think outside the box, look at your internal tools, do what you can to uh, educate your publishers, and provide additional tools that, that help them achieve greater scale with the current resources that they have. Right. Communicate, 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 and make sure you have those clear rules of engagement so that everybody has the expectations set from day one how we can best work together. What do you think, Robin? I think that was a great show. I think we covered a, a significant portion of uh, the vertical market hip-hop. <laughs> got off to a rough start, but hey, we got into the swing <laughs> of things, and here we are at the end of the day. I hope everybody out there in the audience had, a, had a, uh, an interesting listen today. I appreciate your time. I do want to leave you with one thought. You listen to us live Tuesdays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can also listen to us a recorded podcast, hopefully grabbing that off of webmasterradio.fm or subscribing to us through iTunes. Again, you can also listen to us on your cell phone through the MobileCast Network. And again, our email address, should you care to have a comment about this show, myself or Robin, again, pick her brain on those analytics, folks. Come on. Um, Podcast.cj.com is how you reach us. With that, I'm going to say goodbye. Robin, say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone, and thank you. Thank you.